Hello podcast listener, thanks so much for choosing another episode of Reaction by Home Things. Now I won't keep you long, I just wanted to let you know that Home Things is launching into the big old world really, really soon. If you want to be the first in line to receive exclusive discount and you know, be the first to know when we launch, which makes you look pretty cool, just go to our website, it's gethomethings.com and sign up in the box that looks like you should put your email address in it. Okay, back to the show. Enjoy. Reaction. 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 Nice gold dust. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Reaction by Home Things. Today, I'm sat opposite Bettina Maidment. Hello. 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 Good. Yes, very well, thank you. Good. Fabulous. So, before we get stuck in, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to do a what's your name, where'd you come from? Right. I'm going to ask you your bonkers bits of the week. Now, either you can go first or I can go first. Go on, you go first. Okay. Mine is mine is quite weird. Okay. I found out this week through just some Googling mm-hmm. that space apparently smells like seared steak. Really? Yeah. Apparently. The, the backup fact is, according to some former astronauts, space does have a distinct odour that hangs around a post-space walk. They've described it as hot metal or searing steak. Oh, weird. I would have thought, how can they smell that, though? Because they've got all their hats on and everything. You know. I think when they come back... Oh, I see, they bring, like a, they bring it yeah, with them, bring the, the scent. smell. You know, like, little... if you go to, like, a greasy spoon cafe yeah, yeah, and you smell, yeah. like, chips afterwards, yeah. I think it's that. Like a hot, seared steak. That is, that is bonkers. It is bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> it is bonkers. Learn something new every day. I love sure it. Sure do. <laughs> sure do. What's yours? Going to top it? Um, no. <laughs> I don't think anything can top that. Um... What? I said mine's probably a bit more topical. So Davos, you know, we've got Davos going happening this week and we've got all these people coming together to talk about the climate and the environment. And there's just a lot of private planes flying there. Yes. And I just think that's pretty bonkers, isn't it? It's bonkers and also sounds a little bit counterproductive. If you're yeah. going to go give a speech about yeah. your carbon footprint and saving the yeah. earth, but you've gone on your one exactly singular chartered flight. It's just ridiculous. You know, couldn't they share a plane? Also, it's sort of Europe, isn't it? It's mainland Europe. It's not like there are no trains. I was going to say, you could get a train. Or they should be like the equivalent of like a tour bus. Exactly. Like a Davos flight. Like everyone meet here at this time and everyone from Europe. And maybe you have to travel to get to that one airport. But they should really think about that. They should think about it more. Or put it in a convenient location where, you know, there is easy transport links. London. Exactly. (laughs) Or even, I don't know. Yeah, Paris, Berlin, anywhere. Yeah, anywhere that's on the Eurostar would exactly. be fantastic. Exactly. I think that makes a lot of sense. You should write yeah, to them. Yeah, I should. <laughs> Add it to the everything list. Add that to the letter list. <laughs> First of all, Father Christmas, yeah. then Davos. Yeah. So, Bettina, tell mm-hmm. me a bit about yourself. So, for all of our listeners who might not know who you are or who might but want a bit more juicy goss what's your name where'd you come from what do you do so my name's Bettina um I am the founder of Plastic Free Hackney which is a campaign group looking to eliminate which is you know or reduce let's say reduce um single-use plastics from Hackney um uh that was its kind of primary aim now we're we're just trying to be a general sort of all-round kind of environmental group for Hackney to do sort of nice things and to bring all members of the community in to sort of participate in environmental kind of things, no matter how big or small, and just to kind of make them more aware and to sort of start that conversation with them. So that's kind of what Plastic Free Hackney does. Um, It sort of started um, as a personal journey for me about three years ago now. 
um, well, I just kind of had enough of all the plastic. Mm. Like, I just, I just had, like, a falling down moment. It was, like, <laughs> enough. Enough with the bananas in bags. Enough. Bananas in bags is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I ordered, so I got a, it was, like, a Morrison's via a Cardo online shop. And this was the aubergine that broke the camel's back for me. I had ordered two aubergines and they both came in separate plastic bags, but also both individually wrapped in sort of that expanded polystyrene, you know, like sort of how you protect glass bottles in an airport. Yes. You know that? Both of them, like they were sort of the most precious cargo on earth. That is bizarre. Yeah, and I just had enough. I, I'd always, I've always been a bit sort of, you know, like for me, rigid soup pots with Tupperware. Yeah. Like I was always very like, how can you throw this away? This is like a thing that yeah. could be reused. Like I, it just it's like a plant pot. Yeah, it was just it was just like Tupperware. Like why are people buying Tupperware when you're being given it one free yeah. with soup? <laughs> so I was always kind of that way. Like I've always hated waste. Like yeah. waste has always like driven me mad. Like waste of everything. Um, and so you know the plastic, and I tried to go zero waste for a while, okay. which resulted in me eating a lot of bananas and just generally going insane because it's hard. It's really hard not to create any waste. I think it's really hard. I think yeah. that the idea of zero waste is a really lovely one, and yeah. it's like a really lovely concept. But I think in practice, maybe I'm wrong. I've not tried, but borderline impossible. Do I? Yeah, say? I mean, or? yeah, and it depends how far you're going to go. You know, it's. And you need to have the infrastructure around you to, you know, you need to have all the bulk stores and you need to have, you know, all these things are easier if you've got the stuff around you, which again was sort of Plastic Free Hackney's sort of purpose was, you know, we could all make better decisions if we had the, you know, the, the communities that we lived in were able to provide those choices because that's the problem. Right? We just don't have those choices a lot of the time. So um, that was that. Yeah, but zero waste is pretty hard. So that's so I sort of decided to focus just on the plastics. But as a trickle down, you know, that has kind of like my entry, my sort of, you know, gateway drug to like the rest of sustainability, because from there it made me question everything I was buying. Sure. And so by questioning everything you're buying, you just end up creating less waste because you're not buying anything and you're really careful with what you do buy. And, you know, generally most of the stuff that we throw away is food packaging. Yeah. And so if you're really careful with that, you really reduce the amount you throw away. So last year we threw away, so aside from sort of, recycling and food waste and then sort of you know I have a bag of textiles which are good for nothing and like e-waste that kind of stuff so we threw away as a family of four so two little boys and my husband me three sort of bin bag size bags of rubbish wow over an entire year in the year yeah that's amazing yeah so you can reduce your waste like huge by a huge amount by just kind of yeah, just being a bit more conscious, I think. Absolutely. So. And I think it's it's really interesting, I think, your point you said about being able to have the choice. Because mm-hmm. I think if we don't have those options available to us, yeah. it's very hard to, well, it. to make the decision. I got a message from someone in the Isle of Wight and she was saying, you know, she's really trying hard to do all, you know everything she can, but there just isn't anywhere. There's yeah. like one supermarket. There's no bulk options. There's no nothing. You know, like the woman has to eat. So... <laughs> She's got to sustain herself somehow. Exactly. Um, so going back to um, plastic-free hackney, yes. obviously it came about because you had had enough with plastic, but mm. what was the idea to do kind of, so for, I guess for people who don't know, my kind of awareness of one of the things that you do is a monthly litter pick. Yep. Is that correct? It's monthly, mm-hmm. right? So what what inspired you to actually take action? So you, you've seen the plastic, you've had enough, your own relationship with it has become very toxic. Yes. And you're like, okay, how can I elevate this further and I guess make it more of a community piece because I guess 
your first ever litter pick? Like, did people show up? Did you, how did you, was it just like a, you and your husband? Did you just tell a couple of mates? Like, how did that grow to what it is today? Yeah, we sort of, we had a few people turn up, you know, not many, I must admit, not many people turned up, but enough. And so it kind of started, I think we were just, you know, I live very near um, a canal. Mm. So, which the Riverley Navigation Canal, um, which feeds directly into the Thames, which, you know, feeds out into the sea. So, um, and, you know, there is quite a lot of local wildlife as well and all the rest of it. And it's just deeply unpleasant to see all this rubbish. You know, it's just grim. Yeah, um, and it was this feeling like, actually, well, why don't I just pick it up? You know, like nobody else is picking it up. Yeah. Um, I can't ask anyone else to pick it up if I'm not willing to pick it up. You know, in these tough times of austerity, <laughs> I'm aware that councils and the canal, you know, everyone is very stretched. And, uh, you know, there is always that kind of, well, you know, I pay my council tax. <laughs> This kind of, and I just thought, do you know what? Let's let's just try and just go. Yeah, I do pay my council tax, and yeah, I've got a street cleaner and all the rest of it. But I can also do something. Like, yeah. why don't I be the change? You know, why don't I do something um, and just stop moaning? Like, just stop moaning yeah. and you know putting it on someone else and seeing what would happen. And so we had our first litter pick, um, and even with a few of us, we collected loads of rubbish. It's really incredibly satisfying litter picking. It's really, it's like. You take a filthy area and you leave it be- in a better condition. And that is, a, you know, it was just a really good feeling. You know, yeah. sort of you, we were outside and it was a lovely day. Mentally, you sort of come away feeling like you've achieved something. Yeah. And, you know, th- it's not by any means going to solve the issue of plastic pollution. You know, we need to definitely turn off the tap at source. You know, there needs to be system change. There needs to be fundamental changes. But this is actually something you can do. Yeah. And... And I think, you know, during that day as well, you were just able to talk to those people and just just to start a conversation and just to explain what you're doing and the things you do and just to have that conversation. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was it was great. And so and so we started doing that. And then we sort of spoke to the council and then they provided us with the equipment. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And it's, it's just kind of having these conversations where, you, I don't know, at first, I mean, I was really nerve wracked by all of this. I wasn't, I don't come from a campaigning background. You know, I didn't know, I don't know. I don't, I don't know why I sort of assumed they might, I don't know, say no or something, you know, you're helping them. But anyway. I guess you do though, don't you? Because it's almost it's like, weird. are there rules? Exactly. About? I'm allowed to pick them exactly. up? Exactly. Like, it's weird. Like, is weird, yeah. Like, am I trespassing? <laughs> I don't know, like, weird. You have weird sort of, like, am I allowed? Anyway, everyone's more than happy for you to litter pick. Um, Love that. And so, yeah, and so now we have it monthly. Um, and we've got the equipment, so we provide all the equipment. And it's just meet up, kind of go for a walk, have a stroll, have a chat, see what we can pick up and just try and sort of look after our local wildlife as well. You know, it's really grim when you see a coot or a heron or whatever, you know, like some of these birds just picking out just a polystyrene takeaway box. It's It's just grim. All the coots making nests out of plastic. And you just think, if I can just clear all that away so the coot can just make a nest out of sticks, that would be much nicer. Yeah, like his natural home. What he probably wanted to have done in the first place. Exactly. Something interesting that you've said is about the conversations that you're having mm. with people. I guess, I mean, I'm not asking you to repeat all of those conversations, but have there been any kind of really interesting or really insightful conversations that you've had with people who necessarily, you don't necessarily know who are, are showing up? Like, has anyone said anything that you found profound or, like, really engaging or that you didn't think God. was, like, a thing? No. <laughs> no, everyone said... We don't really that have that thing. sort of deep conversation. <laughs> but, I mean, it's... It's... it's 
it's nice to know that we're doing something you know we get a lot of kind of we get lots of people sort of stopping us and being like really love what you're doing thanks what you're doing I'm going to join you next month um even even that or just kind of asking questions like what can we do you know more or just asking for advice like we want to get our school on board we want to do something at home just these sort of you know, there's nothing too sort of profound, I'm afraid, listeners. But, um, but I it's, think that's nice, the engagement piece anyway. It's just engagement anyway. Yeah. And it's just hearing how y- you can feel that you're not really doing anything. Like, what sort of, what am I doing? What impact is just my small little thing doing? Yeah. But actually, those conversations kind of spread. You know, if you think of it like a, I tell one person, they tell another person. They tell yeah. two people, they tell two people. You know, that kind of how we can spread from there. And it's like the ripple effect, isn't it? Yeah, completely. And, you know, to that extent, you know, what am I doing? Well, you know, what does my impact on the whole global climate crisis have? Well, maybe nothing. But actually, perhaps I've influenced, yeah. you know, 100 people, 200 people to make just one change through this sort of ripple thing. And that, I mean, you can only do what you can do, can't you? I can. Absolutely. I can't, I can't, I can't, I don't know. I was thinking this on the way here, you know, just kind of like, am I doing enough or whatever? And, you know, there are people doing amazing things, but, you know, maybe they've got huge amounts of funding behind them. Maybe they've got, you know, just kind of the net, you know, because even in the world of environmentalism, you know, there's still networks and people, you know, like everyone knows. It's a business as well at the end of the day. Exactly, you know, and, you know, me as a sort of mother of, you know, still having to do the school run and all of this stuff, I can only do so much. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I sort of need to maybe... Give myself a break. Definitely give yourself a break. Honestly, <laughs> but I just think, think you know, oh, I'm, I am doing. I'm trying to do my best. You are, and I think it's fantastic. And I think even raising awareness, even getting people to engage, even mm. getting people to see what you're doing, yeah, or just appreciate it, I think is a fantastic start. And it's like you said, like you're not doing it to save the planet. You're doing it to save your little area or just yeah. to do your bit. And I think yeah. if we all, if everyone did well, exactly. their bit, what an amazing start yeah. that would be. And then I guess it would yeah. hopefully lead on to other things. Yeah. What you were saying earlier, which I found interesting, about the zero waste mm. slash aubergine gate yes. wrapped in the things. I guess since then, I mean, fantastic with the three bags of rubbish from mm. the entire is, is amazing. Since you've decided to go low waste, I don't even know if yeah. that's a thing, but low like to, waste to, is a thing. to focus it on that. That's a thing. That's a thing it's that a thing. I do. You know. What would have been the main challenges for you, I guess? So is there anything that you've been really surprised that was really easy to actually kind of reduce or cut back on? Has there been anything that you thought, actually, there's no way that I can remove X from my life because it's just not possible because of the kids or just my lifestyle or yeah. it's not available? Like, what have been, I guess, the challenges and the easy things from trying to be as low waste as yeah. possible? Yeah, so easy things. Um, so luckily, sort of where I live, there's plethora of bulk <laughs> stores around me you know there's sort of um there's probably four or five sort of bulk stores so food wise is just becoming really easy for me and then you know sort of markets and green grocers and yeah. things like that and switching out the food stuff that's been fairly straightforward really mm-hmm. and it just gets easier and easier um is it like a habit thing do you think yeah as well? it's, like the more everything you do is it, such it habit yeah, so sure. you know everything is a habit so instead of just uh, ordering like the same thing on the online shop or whatever i just you know, things become part of my day. So if I know I'm going to one, you know, if I know I'm, I don't know, there's a bulk store I really like in Kenshinat. If I know I'm going to Kenshinat, I'll bring some bags with me so I can shop there, you know, or I'm walking somewhere because I walk everywhere. So I just fit it in, you know, like, oh, just, I'll walk the long way around because it means I can go to that shop, which is, you know, my exercise as well. So it's perfect to get a step count Exactly, (laughs) exactly. So yeah, it's just kind of, it's just making, 
it's new habits, new routines, you know, cooking. Cooking is a main thing that, you know, if we all cooked more, we would produce yes. so much more waste. You know, it's sort of undeniable that plastic has basically facilitated the rise of, you know, food on the go, online deliveries, takeaways, all this kind of stuff. You it's know. the convenience, isn't it? Convenience, yeah, convenience And culture. we've been spoiled by that. It was very interesting. I was on the bus home yesterday and there were two really, really young, they must have been teenagers, girls mm. sitting behind me, and they were talking about food. I don't know what they had, but I was kind of eavesdropping. It was a very quiet bus, and yeah. they were talking. And they just said something really interesting about... And they were actually... I oh know they were talking about payday, the fact that it's January, very, very long month, and yeah. they're trying to make their money last. But interestingly, they said, I'm just going to have to eat what's in my cupboard. And the other one was like, yeah, you know, I'm really guilty of that. Every time I want to make a meal, I'll just pop to my local shop and buy the stuff for that one meal right. when actually like if I looked inside my cupboards yeah. I probably got stuff to either make you know a, a batch cook or like yeah, more yeah, meals yeah. but we're so programmed to think oh tonight I'd like to have spaghetti bolognese so yeah. I, I must run to Tesco's and get you know the the lentils or the corn mince or the beef whatever your yeah. preference is and make that one meal and but buying all this extra packaging and you probably will then have more food waste mm. it's just a very interesting just to hear young people kind of framing like that I thought you're so right we're so used yeah. to now being able to get whatever we want literally yeah. at the, the click of a button often and, and not thinking about actually how can I make this simpler and yeah. often cheaper as yeah. well which is well, only a good thing we're not taught about you know I think there's a lot to be you know it's kind of seen as oh you know we, but not I'm not talking about just women but you know this thing, oh, you know, schools like, oh, you should, we should all be learning kind of how to computer program. We shouldn't learn how to cook a meal. But actually, you know, that would be probably for most people a more useful skill, like yeah. having to budget, having to all these kind of life skills that we've just sort of forgotten about. Absolutely. And we're just not taught anymore. It just really would just save so much waste and save so much money and you know would lead us to, to live healthier lives in terms of what we're eating. Yeah. So yeah, it's really. It is sad. It is, yeah, I think I think there should be more programmes in schools to teach people at a young age how to do these things. Same, absolutely. And I guess it all just feeds back into living sustainably and living yeah. healthily as well. Yeah. I find the term, like, sustainable living mm. very interesting. Yes. And I think people use it in very different ways. Right. If I said to you, uh-huh. do A, do you live sustainably? Right. And B, what does sustainably, like, sustainable living look like to you uh-huh. how would you describe that to me so I try and live a sustainable lifestyle as possible so you know and that's made for us we've made fundamental you know we've made quite big changes so we sold our car we don't have a car um and it's kind it's kind of it is these sort of obvious things you know if ever you read a list like top 10 things you can do to live a sustainable <laughs> lifestyle you just go through the list and tick it off so you know our energy supplier is with 100% renewables nice. we've stopped flying we've taken the flight free pledge we're no longer flying we've sold our car we um you know eat a mate well we eat a vegetarian diet at home nice. we don't buy new clothes we buy second hand all the time yeah. we just kind of try and reduce our impact on the planet, I guess. So for me, that's living sustainably. It's trying to produce as little waste as possible and just trying to sort of, yeah, reduce our impact. But I'm aware that I live in London. You know, I'm aware that my carbon footprint is probably like 20 times bigger than someone in India or whatever. Yeah. But I just, you can do what you could do. And, you know, that's basically what, how I see as a sustainable, you know, just making as many sacrifices as you can. Yeah. But actually... All the sacrifices we make, all the things that we've sort of done, like selling the car and we're not flying, you know, buying second hand, 
none of them I see as a they haven't affected my life in a negative way whatsoever. Yeah. Like they've really, if anything, they they're kind of quite liberating. Like it's really liberating not going shopping. Like you know, not yes. just that. I mean, and that's I really recommend to people is to delete every single email or every unsubscribe from things. People trying to sell you stuff. I've just started it's doing literally that it's amazing. It's like a weight off your shoulders. It it's just this pressure that I need to buy something. And actually, you remove that and you remove the pressure and you yeah. it just completely changes the way you look at stuff. And so, yeah, all of these things, not having a car is mm. really liberating, actually. I mean, we never really drove a huge amount, but it's just one thing, less thing to worry about. You know, not flying, so we're looking, we're going on holiday we're, um, on Saturday, actually. So it's our nice. first sort of, you know, since, well, you had to plan quite a long time ago. So the beginning of last year, it was kind of like, right, we're not flying anymore. So we've got to look further ahead. So we're getting the train. So we're getting, we're going to the Alps and we're getting the train all the way from King's Cross and I'm so excited about that eight hours on a train I'm really excited you know about this slow travel and it's just it's just about looking at things differently and kind of you know the journey as part of the holiday and definitely yeah so for me that is sustainable living whether I am doing it is you know probably someone else so you're not doing (laughs) you're never doing enough yeah I'm not doing enough it's interesting so you talk about we a lot and this is just something I picked up on so obviously you said that you're married you've got Mm -hmm. two kids is the kind of sustainability conversation something that's always been within your marriage like would you describe yourself as both very like conscious environmentally friendly people is it something that you've kind of done together and decided together and and learning together or is like one of you lead no yeah no it's definitely it's uh (laughs) I say we just to like not leave uh, leave anyone out just in case they're listening yeah (laughs) See, I do talk about you, dear. Um, I do include you. No, it's, I mean, uh, funnily enough, because so my husband is a building services engineer, which, and he works, so the aim of their firm is to create as environmentally friendly buildings as possible. So you design a building nice. with the environment in mind, so you don't put all your windows on a south-facing side. You know, you put natural ventilation. You know, this is all very, this is basic, basic what I know about, you know, but the idea <laughs> is that they... Top line. Yeah, they're as sustainable as possible. So... That was always sort of since we met, like a running joke. Like he's more sustainable, you know. He's more like <laughs> his carbon footprint's lower than mine because of what he does at work. So this and, is my job, babe. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> exactly. And they're always, you know, his friends would always call me when we uh, Dave Angel. I don't, this is like a joke which really ages me. Okay. Um, it's just, I've got to stop saying this joke to young people. Um, so if you, if you, there was a program called The Far Show many okay. moons ago, and there was a character called Dave Angel, um, and. Yeah, people used to whistle like like a moonlight shadow whenever I walked into a room. So this character, Dave Angel, he is he's an eco warrior, and he's like he's like a Del Boy character, and he's like that. He's ah, like, oh. and he talks about how much he loves the environment. And then oh like at God. the end of it, it'd always be like, Shell, bung another tire on the fire. You know, it'd just be like this ridiculous sort of Dave oh Angel eco warrior. So you can watch it on YouTube. I've heard. I'm gonna yeah, watch that watch it on YouTube. So. That was always Dave like Angel. I'm like Dave Angel, or, or like, or they'd call me Moon Cup, you know, like oh Moon Cup. <sighs> oh my god, Just, that is amazing. Yeah, that's so, absolutely amazing. Um, really, really, you know, supportive and loving, <laughs> and you know, very well balanced. Yeah, no competition at all. Yeah. So, um, but you know, generally, I mean, he's pretty low maintenance. My husband Mark. Um, Shout so out he to doesn't Mark. really, yeah, <laughs> Dave. he doesn't really. <laughs> doesn't really buy anything so it's very easy for me just to sort of take the reins and mm-hmm. be like we're sustainable now sustainable darling <laughs> yeah <laughs> look it up sold the car <laughs> and I've signed up to bulb we're sustainable all right um so yeah he doesn't really 
but you know he tries as well and you know he's made sure at work you know they don't fly anywhere and all that kind of stuff and yeah and he's on board which is actually yeah he's on like board the main thing to just yeah to he's be completely on board, board and not res- I feel like there are a lot of people who I don't know maybe get fun out of not being on board like yeah. almost the not the antichrist the anti the anti Dave Angel I yeah. just like no absolutely not like you know it came out oh, just to be annoying just to be sort of What's the word? Just to be facetious. Exactly. There was some Australian cabinet minister oh, yeah. recently. Did you see? And With he was, a lump, did he, did he like waving around a lump of coal in Parliament or something? It yes, was just and he really was like, fly more, do this. Yeah. And it's just like, why? Why yeah. in everything that's going on? Like, how can you deny? Or like, even even if you're a sceptic to the climate crisis, yeah. which I find very hard to believe, but people are, mm. just like... Why be your rights? Why be so facetious? Why yeah. be like, oh, actually, do the opposite. Fly yeah. more. Like, buy your own beef factory and, like, eat more meat. Mm. I don't know. Very strange. There's, like, a cartoon that sort of circulates on the internet or Twitter or whatever, and it's it's just this, you know... You know, and it's like, what if climate change is a hoax? It's basically along lines of, you know, like, we have clean energy, you know, clean air, renewable energy. Like, what if, what if it was all a hoax? You know, yeah. it's just like, mm, with We'd still be living in a sort of cleaner, nicer, pleasant place yeah, to be. Yeah, I don't think it would be the end of the earth. No. I mean, literally, it would not be the end of the earth no. if we all did some nicer things for the environment. Yeah. It would be a nicer place for us to live in. be divine. be like Eden. Yeah, exactly. Paradise. Exactly. <laughs> so, I think an educational piece is important often in these situations. Mm-hmm. From your personal opinion, mm-hmm. or it can be from your experience, what do you think is like a good way to educate people because I guess often it's is it through like raising more awareness is it by not jumping down people's throats and saying yeah, you must work. do this blah 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 it never works people do the exact opposite yeah what do you think or I mean maybe conversations that you've had with friends or family members mm. who maybe aren't as on board or aren't necessarily as sustainably focused as you like what have you found works or maybe doesn't work in terms of having those conversations and I guess building the awareness and educational piece. I guess I mean, it's it is just providing that information, just sort of talking about you know the issues behind 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 what it is you're talking about. You know, just kind yeah. of the reasons why. For example, I don't do something. So I've got a friend that's sold their car, but he's very sort of like, I just wanted to buy a new car, <laughs> and he's kind of you know we're calling it like. Automobiles Anonymous, like I'm like, I'm here on the other fr- end of the phone, like just call me. Just call me anytime. Anytime, anytime, anytime just you're call on me. Uh, auto trader. Yeah, <laughs> anytime you find yourself, you know, oh, um, and just kind of trying to explain sort of the reasons behind it, just kind of, and not the obvious reasons, you know, but you could be like, well, you know, actually, when you're in the car, you're breathing in more pollution than if you're walking mm. next to it, you know, did you know that? Is that true? Yeah, Ugh. because effects of, you know, you've got your, even if you're, things are turned off like mm. all your air vents, air yeah. vents are turned off your car is still sucking in the outside the fumes, air yeah. and you're behind a car so your the exhaust pipe from the car in front is very well yeah. placed for the car behind to be sucked you know just kind of talking about things like that um just scaring the life out of people <laughs> <laughs> shocking in my face right now yeah. I, like, I mean i don't drive but <sighs> yeah it's just kind of trying to talk and just kind of i don't know just trying to make light of stuff so mm. I know, you know, he's, he's kind of saying to me, he's like, oh, the other day, you know, it's pouring with rain. And actually, when I saw all the people collecting their kids from school and, you know, big cars and all this sort of stuff. And you, if you think about it, it's just like, really? Do you really need, like, a tonne of metal to keep you dry? Like, it's so weird, isn't it? Like, just when get you an think umbrella about, or a hood. Exactly. I was like, get an umbrella, just get dude. Wet. Just get an umbrella. Like, it's a bit of water. 
Are you that precious, like big man, big man in your four by four? But you won't melt if you get wet. And also at the school gate, it's like, does, does it matter if you've got rainy wet hair? Exactly. Maybe it does. I haven't been a, a school gate mum yet, so no. I, I don't know the pressures, but maybe they exist. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> school they gates. Don't. <laughs> no, they don't. They don't. Do you know what? That's a whole different podcast. Yeah. School gates. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, so yeah, just trying to sort of make light of it. So I was just saying to him, I was like, you know, I was like, I'll buy you an umbrella. It's his 40th, I'll buy you an umbrella. The big four zero. Yeah, exactly. There you go, don't just need for you. it. So that's what I try and do, sort of try and make light and just not, ham- not ram things down people's throat, just yeah. slowly, slowly, like little things. And people do get there in the end, I think. You know, it's really hard to, it's really hard to swim against the tide of this all the time. You know, just to yeah. really, when it's coming from you at all angles, I think eventually you do sort of think hang on a minute absolutely maybe I'm in the wrong some people never think that no and you know <laughs> and then again those people it's like well what can you you, you know you. you can't change everyone, exactly can you? exactly something that I've seen that you do mm-hmm. and I was actually interested in attending it but then I think I missed it mm-hmm. was you do or you have done I don't mm-hmm. know if it's a repeat a guardian masterclass oh, yeah which the that. title is I wrote it down how to live a plastic free yes. life Tell me about that. So, like, without giving the game away, because it's like a repeat course. <laughs> yeah, I'm not asking you to like digest for free yeah. the entire That'll content. That'll cost you. Uh... <laughs> so it's ten pounds from here yeah. on, guys. If you want to donate to our PayPal, <laughs> can you top line or maybe just one? Like, what's a really interesting piece of advice or a tip? Because you don't do it on your own, do you? No. So I do it with a guy called Daniel Webb, who um, did a runs a brilliant sort of project called Everyday Plastic. So he had his own kind of awakening where he he moved to Margate um, and sort of went to, you know, call up the council for his recycling bags. And they were like, yeah, we don't do that. He was like, oh, it's a bit weird. And so sort of kept all his rubbish and then went to like the sort of recycling centre or mm. tip or whatever. And they were like, yeah, just sling it in the landfill. And it was just, a, it was a real sort of eye You know, he's like, what? That's really weird. I live by the sea. There's like, exactly. Well. Like, I'm by the beach. There's rubbish everywhere. Like, it's really, it's really odd. So he decided um, to keep all his plastic for a year. Yeah, so. Wow. Yeah, he kept it all, which I've also done last year as well, because I was getting really worried about where it was going. You know how, and Malaysia's just shipped back a load, so I was pleased I, I did I saw that, yeah, 42 containers yeah. worth. So anything I would have put in my recycling bin, I was... At home, I need to sort that out. Anyway, back to Dan. So he did that for a year and collected, I think, like 42 bags of rubbish wow. of plastic waste. And sort of off the back of that, he did this big mural just to sort of raise awareness. And then off the back of that, he went through, he analysed all of the plastic with this uh, woman, Dr. Julie Schneider, um, analysed all of it and produced a report, like everyday plastic and what happens to it, which I think you can buy online. Um and oh, that sounds fascinating. I'm yeah, it's intrigued. really interesting. And so what he was able to do, so sort of looking at his data, mm. was able to kind of extrapolate that for the rest of the country and kind of look at himself, you know, like as him as kind of Mr. Average. And, you know, he worked yeah. out he used slightly less plastic than the average person. Sure. But, um, I mean, the shocking stat from his, um, from what he worked out was that in the UK each year, we produce enough plastic that would reach, would hit, if the top was the shard, so the UK's t- most tallest building, yeah. um, if you put the shard in the middle of Clapham Common, it would fill Clapham Common all the way up to the shard. Oh, my plastic gosh. waste. Every year. Oh, that's a grim yeah. mental image. So, yeah, it's that kind of thing which spurred him to do something about it. Yeah, <laughs> love. I mean, it takes something, and if that's it, sure. Yeah, so... Um, 
so yeah, we do this masterclass where he sort of discusses sort of the projects and sort of further into what he's discovered, um, which is amazing. It's really interesting sort of what happens to our rubbish. Um, and then sort of we talk about other sort of the kind of stuff that isn't discussed about plastic pollution. You know, we sure. all sort of see the, you know, the, the whale being yeah. killed and, yeah. the, and the seal with like a plastic yeah. around its neck. And, but the kind of hidden things that we don't, discuss so how we got to this stage you know what yeah. how plastics boomed you know so the history of it sort of what else do we talk about the social justice issues of plastic pollution because okay. that's really important and that we don't speak about enough you know we see now that we're shipping all our waste to countries like malaysia you know we've seen that you know the hugh fernie whittingstall program that was on tv yeah. last year that really showed it but that was shocking that program yeah and it's kind of it's a real social justice issue you know for the for the sake of our whatever piece of rubbish or plastic wrapped banana all of this stuff there is somebody behind that that's paying for the price, whether it's from yeah. the production all the way through to its disposal. So you've got places in America where they, they, you know, they're having this sort of plastics renaissance through fracking. There's a place in Louisiana, um, and they call it Cancer Alley. So there are all these um, sort of petrochemical plants all the way along this kind of valley. And it's like a ridiculous... I can't remember off the top of my head now, but, you know, something like... 80% of women there have had to have, like, full hysterectomies. Oh, my god! You know, there's just... Ca- everyone's got cancer. You know, just, families are just riddled with cancer. And, you know, this is a predominantly sort of African-American community, yeah. sort of, you know, poor, just out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. And so that's at, its, that's at its production. And then it just travels through. And then we, tra- you know, the manufacturer shoved that over to China, Southeast Asia, you know, where, you know people are breathing in these toxic fumes you know we're just outsourcing it and this is a, it's an argument that drives me insane when people go well you know we're not too bad you know it's, it's china it's china isn't it like, they're the ones producing all the rubbish chucking it in all the rivers <laughs> those chinese but it's like uh dude that's our rubbish like we're we're out we are either sending it there yeah or we are um we've outsourced our production as well so we don't see all the pollution because we're not it's not here, but, you yeah. know, that is where it's coming from. We've outsourced our pollution to the other side of the world, out of sight, out of mind. We just want yeah. the shiny the shiny pen or whatever it is at the end of the day. Shiny pen. Whatever the cheap... I'm looking at a box of pens. <laughs> <laughs> it was a, it's a very shiny pen. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, all this sort of cheap, throwaway, disposable sort of plastics, yeah. all this nonsense that we think of, you know... Like, there's no value to these pens. There's no. no value. You know, we sort of use half of it, and it's like, oh, yeah, bored of using that. And just then you'll chuck lose it away. It, you lose it. it. Yeah. You know, if we, put a, if we put the actual value of this pen on it, we think, of, you know, you think of this plastic as a, a miracle material that's never going to go anywhere. It's not going to biodegrade. You know, we should be like, you know, we should be putting them on high and really... Yeah. Cherishing it. Cherishing it. Yeah. Instead, we've just given them... It's so cheap now that they have no value, and look what's happened. Yeah. No, it's so, so, so. true. Yeah. And it's interesting, did you see recently Coca-Cola coming out oh. with the argument that they're not going to stop producing yeah. some of these plastic because consumers don't they want them to. They might lose a bit of money yeah. as well, you know, we're a business. It's so we're bizarre. We're a struggling business. <laughs> I feel, feel really bad. I do too. Maybe we I should mean, send them a gift. Yeah. <laughs> it's just <laughs> ridiculous. It's just unbelievable. I would love for sort of retailers just to kind of have a backlash and go, we're just not going to stock it. I would, just a trial. Like, hello, big retailers. Please just do a trial of stop stocking their plastic bottles and see if people stop buying Coca-Cola. Yeah. People want the Coke. They exactly. want the Coke. They, they need the sugar. They don't need the Coke. Um, That's they the want... thing. They don't want the bottle. No. no one wants the bottle. And it's it's very interesting how it comes off the back of their latest PRs that I talk about this all the time because mm. I just find it so shocking of them being kind of 
uncovered as like the world's top plastic polluter. Yeah. And then in the same week, they released the kind of weird crayon oh, off white advert where it's like, we're circular, complete the loop by recycling a bottle. It's like, but. 9%, only 9% of plastic produced yeah. ever has been recycled. So it's not about recycling. It's exactly. about, like you said right at the start, turning off the tap. Yeah. Like, stop producing single-use plastic. Mm. Like, plastic, I think, can be fantastic as a mm. rhyme in the right place at mm. the right time. It's been, like, a, a genius material that has changed medicine yeah. and, like, gives us a lot of uses. But if you're just producing it once to literally then chuck away, yeah, I just, it baffles me. It really, really baffles me. It's crazy, and you would th- you think, okay, fine, turn it around. But even Coca Cola will admit they don't use a hundred percent recycled bottles. No, so not. what are you talking about? You're turning, you know, <laughs> this circle. No, what's happening is you're downside, you know. Oh, yes. and you're also not taking any. It's not like you're going. Do you know what? We've we've got this recycling plant here, and we're paying for this. So they're not paying for it. You know, the whole polluter pays thing doesn't happen yet. So yeah. as taxpayers, we are paying for their rubbish. Yeah, and it's just it's almost like that. Kaiser Soze, you know, the greatest gift the ever devil ever played was, you know, pretending it didn't exist or whatever. It feels like that. It feels like we're in this sort of Kafka-esque, like, weird nightmare of just, like, what are you talking... It's You know, it's all out of the big tobacco playbook. It's all just this kind of mad, crazy situation where they're telling us this nonsense and we're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, it's our fault. But, I mean, that's something else we talk about in the Masterclass, how plastics have worked hard. You know, they've worked Mm. really hard over the years to get these really solid lobby groups behind them. You know, back in the 50s, they started all the big petrochemical companies, um, started the the Society for Plastic Industries. Big lobby group, lobbying ever since. You know, Keep America Beautiful, you think, oh, that's a nice organisation, doing a bit of litter picking. No, no, that was set up by Coca-Cola and Hauser... Um, Bush, you make Budweiser, Philip Morris, amongst others. And it was designed specifically with the purpose to put the onus of plastic pollution on the individual. Yeah. So that their own industries wouldn't be regulated. Yeah. And they lobbied governments, they lobbied politicians, they lobbied, they went to schools as, for education. You know, they have made it so much that people now think it's not them, it's us. Yeah. So I, I replied to Coke once on Twitter, you know, they came out with some nonsense, you know, like some like, oh, you know, we recycle our bottles or whatever. And I was like, funny, because I'm finding a lot when I'm like litter picking, yeah. <laughs> finding a lot of your stuff. And some guy replied to me being like, it's not their fault. It's, co- you know, it's, the, it's, it's not Coca-Cola's fault. Oh, God. And you're like, oh, you just walk away. You can't yeah. argue with stupid. You I mean, it's yeah. just, but, but he's not even stupid. He's just fallen for this lie that they have pushed for years and years and years and years yeah. that individual, it's the individual's fault. Yeah. It's all down to us. If we all threw our rubbish in the bin like we should do, we would be living in a clean and happy, shiny world. But it's it's not true. Yeah. It's just not true. And Coca-Cola are perpetuating this myth. And I just I just find it it's like immoral. It's completely immoral now yeah, at this point is. in where we are for them just to carry on doing it. Like I just think how can you sleep Especially at night? Especially when there's so much transparency about it. And what's so frustrating with a company like Coca-Cola is we're not saying stop producing this stuff even though, you know, we know that it's ridiculously harmful in itself because it's sugar content. It's gross. Yeah, it's gross. We're not saying you need to stop. We're saying we're not saying shut down your business. We're yeah. just saying stop selling it in plastic bottles. Yeah. It's really not hard. Like yeah. you would still be making billions a year. Just sell it all in tin cans. Like I'm not talking about the glass. I'm not, you know, 
sell it in an infinitely recyclable material. Yeah. Stiff up the cash for like deposit return schemes or whatever. Yeah. You know, welcome them with open arms and take all of those tin cans back yeah. and recycle them. And you would have a closed loop system. And, you know, you would be the, you know, the your business would probably increase because you would be seen as this sort of amazing bastion of sustainability and yeah. look what you've done and you've turned things around. But no. I know. It's, it's just, oh. So what do you think we can do, even though it's like what you said, you know, apparently it's all our fault and it's us who need to take mm. the change, but I guess there is a level of us, there is only so much we can do, but there is also some stuff we can do. So in, I guess, the war against single-use plastic, mm. what do you think is, is the, the right thing for us to be doing? Is it, you know, reusing, refilling, recycling? Yeah, so I mean, is, sort of as much as possible, avoiding it you know yeah. just boycotting it and just thinking and it, it is a case of just stepping back and looking what you're doing and just you know this is kind of what I talk about in talk you know just taking it slow just actually looking at it as a journey and moving forward and just taking small steps but looking at what you're doing and um, also by taking it slow just breathing just stopping and going right I'm not going to do everything in a rush I don't need to buy stuff like it's not you know shopping is such a frenzy don't just <laughs> it buy now flash sales argh. just take a step back and just chill out and just go right what do I buy right now what is the one thing now can I buy it in a better way can I buy less of it can I buy it in this just so that's one way of doing it you know to make personal sort of individual changes but then if you want to sort of multiply that you know I think even signing a petition you know it can you know I feel like petitions all I can do all day long is sign petitions but they're doing something write your MP speak to other people could you you know have you gone somewhere and thought and actually, we're going to do this um, just to make it easier for people. And we're going to sort of upload them onto the website. Is, you, know, you go in somewhere and you think, oh, that's brilliant. You know, they've, they've got free refill water and they're not selling this, this, this. And then you sit down and they've just got a load of plastic sachets for the ketchup. Yeah. You know, just something where you're just like, oh, why? It just, doesn't make sense. Yeah. Just, you've done. So just that little kind of letter. So we're going to write template letters to make that easier for people. So, nice. you know, dear whoever, I was Doing in your establishment. Yeah. yeah. Fill in the blanks. Email it off. So just kind That's of trying great. to influence where you buy things from, you know, I quite like I quite like a boycott, you know, like a vocal <laughs> boycott. So Amazon, like Bettina boycott. Yeah, Bettina <laughs> boycotts Amazon. Um, so no more Amazon, and just slowing down, and just fundamentally, we need to stop spending. We need to stop yeah buying so much stuff. I mean, food wise, you know, it's just kind of trying to look for better options. There's a brilliant website actually called zero waste near dot me um and you put your postcode in there and it will come up with all um and it's nationwide as well so you put in your postcode and it comes up with all shops uh, that offer refill options nice. or bulk options or even if it's a green grocer you know whatever yeah. anywhere you can shop without the packaging um, that's amazing yeah so that's a brilliant resource so it's just kind of trying to look at look at ways we can shop better definitely yeah so what's next for you what is next for me? Um, there's a lot going on this year, and we would like to do lots and lots. So we've got Litter Pick on Sunday. Um, I'm going to try to come to that one, by the way. Yes, great. Um, and then there, sort of every Sunday, last Sunday of every month, um, we are going to do a mass unwrap with Surface Against Sewage. Oh, okay, amazing. Yeah, I love Surface Against Sewage. Great, yeah, so it? we're kind of an umbrella. Plastic Free Hackney is the kind of Surface Against Sewage group nice. for Hackney. Um, so we're doing a mass unwrap on the 29th of February. Um, Where is that going to be? Have you we haven't yet. decided yet it might sort of we're thinking maybe i don't know we're, information will be tbc tbc um 
what else? Just lots of things sort of behind the scenes to get rolling. We're sort of on a big recruitment drive at the moment mm. because there are lots of things we want to do, but yeah. without the people, we can't do them. Sure. Um, so we just need to build like little teams of people. Um, so, and I think the sort of job descriptions as they were, as the, I mean, it's all voluntary, I'm afraid, um, will be on the website sort of shortly. So stuff like that, because then we can just do more. Yeah. We're running um, a lot of workshops. So we ran some workshops last year on making sort of low cost, but plastic free, you know, low toxic cleaning products and toiletries. Amazing. So we'll be doing those again. And we're also running a plastic free period workshop um, saw, on yeah. the 13th of February. Um just to kind of just to kind of bust some taboos, just to talk about it, just to kind of, you know, just to talk periods. We should all be talking periods yeah. more. Um It's been a big movement recently on yeah. Twitter as well about plastic free periods, yes. which I think is amazing. Yeah, and Ella, we were lucky to have Ella Dyche. Yes. Um she came and joined our panel last week at the Guardian Masterclass. Who awesome. is she is just incredible. Like her story and just how she's gone about it and just it's just such a simple, clear campaign, you know, yeah. it's like I just want you to stop making plastic applicators. I want you to yeah. provide, you know, and it's just this one clear message. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. And just, and she's just ticking off all the big companies and so it's good. just amazing. She's incredible. So, Absolutely. and that's another thing that I think, you know, they should be taught at schools. You know, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't have a sponsored lesson by Tampax and then we all just become brand loyal to, know. you know. Which we do. Yeah, completely. It's so weird. But completely. then it's, it's, it's like what we said right at the start, it's a, uh, Lack of options. Yeah. A lack of consumer options. Yeah. If you've only got plastic or plastic, yeah. you are going to go for plastic. Exactly. You just pick which branded plastic you like better. It's about yeah. the awareness piece. Because there are other, there are always other options out yeah. there. We just don't know about them. Yeah. They're not promoted as much. Yeah. Now I'm going to do a quick quiz. Okay. It's not... The answers are yours, so it's not... You won't get anywhere oh, right, or anyone. Okay. It's a quick fire. Okay. Some of them are completely irrelevant. So right. I'm going to start with, what's your best day of the week? Mm. Oh, um, I guess a Friday, isn't it? Yeah, like Friday, Friday feeling. Yeah, yeah, Friday. <laughs> I was, trying to, I was like, oh, but the boys finish really early on a Friday. Actually, it's really annoying. Day. Maybe I don't like a Friday. <laughs> maybe it's not my favorite. Yeah, maybe, maybe it's a Monday when they go back to school. Yeah, Wednesday. <laughs> exactly. Um, I don't. Uh, just, okay, better one then. Yeah. Least, least favorite day. Least favorite day is a Tuesday. Mine's Tuesday too. I call yeah. it Tuesday trauma. It is quite it's really like Tuesdays. So. Favorite sustainable brand? Um, I'm sure you have loads. Well, I don't know because I just try not to buy anything, so it's a weird. Interesting. Do you know what? I don't know if they are sustainable, but I really like their products, and they're kind of Redeka. So it's like a German company okay. that make wooden things. Nice wooden cleaning brushes. I think they're very well made. It's very fun. Yeah. Why not? Why not? Go I for mean, a decker. Yeah. Love oh, them. Sorry, I don't buy anything. It's second hand, <laughs> so it's very hard. Yeah, but you can still like them. You still like yeah. what they do. I need to yeah, buy Yeah, the decker I buy, I have to buy new, because, you know, it's very hard to buy second hand dishbrush. What is the last gift that actually leads nicely? What is the last gift that you bought someone? Um, a book. I had to buy my son's friend a present, birthday present, so I buy books. That's my kind of... Nice. Yeah, and I buy it from my sort of local independent bookshop really as nice. a kind of, you know... Yeah, I think that's a nice thing to do. Mm. A nice gift as well. Better yeah. than a plastic toy. Exactly. That they'll use once. Exactly. Finally, mm. what is your word for 2020? Oh, wow. You really... <laughs> I've really challenged you this morning. <laughs> Let's talk about something else. Uh, <laughs> quick fire. Thing. Like, the, the brain doesn't do quick fire. Um, 
my word for 2020 is probably relax, actually. It's a great word. I mean, just relax a bit. Carry on, go forward, but just relax. I love that. Yeah. How can people find you on social media, if you want them to? If you want to, you can find me on all the usual social media. So um, <laughs> Instagram is Plastic Free Hackney. Twitter is Plastic Free Hackney, but I think Hackney is spelled H-K-N-Y because... Edgy. <laughs> it's just not enough Not enough letters, apparently. You're not allowed to. Oh, my God. Um, Facebook is Plastic Free Hackney. There's a website, Plastic Free Hackney. Basically, just Google Plastic just Free Hackney. Just Google Plastic Free Hackney. Up. We should be there. Yeah. Amazing. We have been Get Underscore Home Things. It's been a very good chat. Thank you so much, Bettina. No worries. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for listening to another episode. If you've got to the end, give yourself a pat on the back. That's pretty impressive. If you enjoyed the show, we would really, really love it if you could leave us a five-star review, no lower, otherwise you're disqualified, and write a lovely little comment and share the podcast with your friends. We're a new show, we really want to get out there, and we want to tell the world all about what we do. So do us a little favour, help us out, and in return, come cash in a big old hug. Thanks so much.